Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. When I had been married for less than a month, so 21 years ago this very week, my grandmother passed away. It's likely that she was not saved. I shared the gospel with her many times, but she never responded to any invitations to faith. So it was a really paradoxical week for me. I had just gone through the joy of getting married to my husband. He was in seminary. We were headed to the mission field. We were immersed in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and just looking forward to a bright future. And it was Easter week. And so outside of Christ, my grandmother died. I was only 20 at the time. My faith was only a few years old, and it was just a jarring reality. It was very sad that my grandmother probably entered into eternal condemnation during the week that we celebrate Easter. And I feel like this week is like that, that juxtaposition, that paradox of the global coronavirus pandemic that we are suffering this week, Holy Week. There's isolation, there's fear. We've got loss of life and loss of jobs, loss of independence. Our lives are nothing like they used to be even just a month ago. And it feels weird as a Christ follower because we're accustomed this week to gathering together multiple times throughout the week. We're used to remembering together the death of our Lord and of course, his resurrection on Easter morning. And especially as someone in ministry, usually this week, I'm always planning special activities, special celebrations, things for the kids, things for adults. We, Our church always has a picnic after church on Easter and we have taco trucks come and serve us lunch. It's such a great time. It's usually a week of anticipation and joy. Our God rose from the dead and we cannot ce- wait to celebrate that. So even this week, as we're thinking on that truth, that Jesus conquered the grave and sin and he conquered darkness, right now we're even walking in a kind of darkness. It feels dark around us, doesn't it? Well, on this episode of All Things, as the pandemic seems to be spiking, maybe even peaking here in the United States in the middle of Holy Week of all times, I want to remind your heart and mine of what's really true. How does a biblical lens affect the way we walk through this Holy Week in the middle of a pandemic? In other words, how does a risen Christ meet COVID? And to answer that question broadly, I just want to start by borrowing words from the New City Catechism. My family's been using the New City Catechism almost nightly at dinner, and those truths are just so rich. So let me start there. Our only hope in life, death, and COVID is that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the first question of the New City Catechism and answer, and it's based on Romans chapter 14, verses 7 and 8, which say, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So first, you and I don't have to white knuckle these lives of ours because they're not really ours in the first place. We are creatures and we have a creator. He's the one who gives us life and breath and everything. These lives actually belong to God. And so he determines our days, when and where we would live, how many days we would live, how many days we have ahead of us. He determines if we get sick, if we stay healthy, if we'll have jobs, if we'll lose jobs. Our God is sovereign. He is all powerful. He hung the stars in place. He numbered them. He knows them. He made you. He put the hair on your head. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. Nothing comes to pass anywhere in this whole universe without God's will or God's approval. He is sovereign. But not only is he sovereign, he is good. His sovereignty is only good news if his character is good and our God is good. We see his goodness in creation. We just have to look outside to see beauty in nature, beauty in people. Our consciences know that creation is beautiful, right? Like our minds know deep down the 
creation is good and beautiful. We look at the mountains, the seas, the fish of the sea. We look at DNA. We look at bugs. We see God's goodness in the way that the world was made. In fact, we're even seeing it now in the ways that God is restraining evil. Yes, there is darkness right now. There is no doubt about it, but it's not unleashed. We see acts of kindness and goodness. Darkness and evil is being restrained. We see this goodness and kindness being played out in the church, but also amongst unbelievers, people who even reject God, who reject their creator. We even see his goodness and his kindness coming through them. Doctors and nurses, even now saving lives, neighbors helping one another, our hearts celebrate the good when we see it. Good is happening. Evil is not running rampant. And of course we see it when we look at the cross. That's what this week, this holy week is all about. We see God's goodness when we look at the cross. Our God does not sit far off. Our God is not a cold statue who demands good behavior. Every other religion, every other belief system in the world, the followers must appease their God. They must earn his favor, but not so with Christianity. In Christianity, our God came down. One of my favorite passages in scripture is in Philippians 2, and it says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that passage because it speaks to the goodness of our God. Our God came to us. He did not make us work to come to him, but he came to us just as we are. Holy Week is our remembrance of Jesus's horrific death on the cross, where he took on the punishment for the sins that you and I committed, the punishment that we deserved to undergo. He took that on himself and he paid it for us so that we might be reconciled to God through the blood of the cross. Part of our God being good is that he is just. So as a perfect and holy God, he requires punishment for sin. We can't just go to him without having our sin covered. It has to be paid for. Something, someone has to pay. And that's what Jesus did. Simply because of the great love with which Jesus loved us, he made a way because of his good character, his kindness, his great love and mercy toward his creatures. God the Father sent the Son, and the Son willingly came and lived and died on our behalf. The cross is a reminder to us every single day that our God is good. But we don't stop there. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The resurrection is our reminder and our proof that He who gave us our first birth will also give us our second birth if we believe. We who receive the payment and mercy of Jesus, we who by grace through faith believe, we are also promised a resurrection just as Jesus was resurrected. Jesus lived again. The resurrection, friends, is a reality. So I grew up in a home with a father who was very antagonistic towards my faith. After my parents' divorce when I was eight, my mom started taking us to church, and I praise God for that, just that gift that she gave me of hearing the gospel in that church. And I believed. But my father, who was an attorney actually, would question me every week when I went back to his house. Why are you going to church? What are they telling you there? You know God is not real. You know that Christians are unkind people. He had had a bad experience as a child in a church setting, and he didn't want that for his daughter. And so he did not believe 
believe, and he tried to talk me out of believing. And that grew in me a passion for apologetics, a passion for knowing what is true. Is the Bible reliable? Is the resurrection for real? I had a hunger and a thirst for apologetics. And in my years of study, I was able to discern that, yes, the resurrection was a historical event. It really happened. This is not made up. Over 500 individuals saw Jesus during the 40-day period following his death and burial. So before, after he died and was buried and rose again, 500 people saw him. All of the apostles went to their death, violent, brutal deaths, by the way, killed for believing this truth. The apostles would not do that for a lie. Peter was hung upside down, crucified upside down. You don't do that for something that's a lie. You don't do that for something that's not true. The resurrection birthed and inflamed a whole movement of Christ followers who were ostracized and killed for their faith. They wouldn't do that for the for a lie. The early church was tortured, eaten by lions, set on fire by the Roman Empire because they believed in a real, physically resurrected Savior. People don't do that for a fake. I don't have time on this episode to go into all the reasons why you can be confident in the historicity of the resurrection and the reliability of the New Testament, but I urge you to examine it for yourself. I will link some books and websites in my show notes for you that have been especially helpful to me. Well, because Jesus rose from the grave, you and I will too. We who are in Christ are promised eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. That reality allows us to say with the Apostle Paul that these afflictions in this life, COVID, is a light and momentary trouble compared with the glory that awaits us. You and I who are in Christ are headed for the restoration of creation, the consummation of God's beautiful story that He has lovingly written us into as well. The book of Revelation says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. In other words, this life is brief and it is indeed full of trouble. But this, this is the pre-life. We Christians are resurrection people and we have an infallible hope ahead of us. We can know that Jesus rose from the dead. And because we know that he did, we can know that we will too. Because he lives, we will live. No matter what happens in this life, and death and COVID, we have a resurrection to look forward to. This life is the pre-life to our forever magnificent life with Jesus, which by the way, won't be boring. I don't have time to get into that on this episode either, but it's not going to be clouds and harps and boredom and angels. Um, Study heaven. I will post again a book that's been really helpful to me in my show notes, but it's going to be a place where we learn and grow and work and have adventure and pure joy. So let me just rehearse. Our God is sovereign, Our God is good. Our God rose from the grave, and we will too. Therefore, you and I can have deep joy and deep peace. So let's walk through this Holy Week, through this pandemic that's going to go beyond this Holy Week with our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is our only hope in life, death, and COVID. 
But this only hope is huge. It's an eternal hope. It's transcendent. It conquers our fears and our anxieties. Not only does Jesus grant us immeasurable hope, but he gives us all the joy and satisfaction that you and I were designed to live with. Because he's our maker and our savior, when we abide in Jesus, we experience the fullness of joy. We are fully alive when we are alive in Christ. Jesus, only Jesus gives abundant life. And this pandemic is stripping away all of the other places that you and I have wrongly sought meaning and security. We can no longer seek for our life in our jobs or what we produce or even the health and well-being of our friends and our family. Those things are falling away and that's a gift of grace. It's the goodness of God to show us the truth. And that is that all hope and all joy and all peace belongs only to him and in him. So to my listeners who don't yet know Jesus like this, for you who haven't yet received his unmerited grace, his lavish love. Ask God to open the eyes of your heart right now, this Holy Week in the middle of a pandemic. This is the perfect time. Ask the Lord to open your heart. Ask him to save you, to fill you with this peace and this joy and satisfaction that I'm talking about. I believe this is one of the very things God is sovereignly orchestrating this week, that you would seek him and find him. That as you are confronted with your frailty and the brevity of your life, you would cry out to Jesus and receive his rescue, his joy, the full life that you were meant to live. You can start by maybe reading the gospel of John, go to an online Good Friday service or an online Easter service. I'll link our services in my show notes, but start praying, start reading the Bible, reach out to your Christian friends so that you might experience real peace and real joy for the first time in your life this week. And to my listeners who are in Christ, and this is a reminder to myself, let's loosen our grip on our lives. They aren't ours anyway. We belong to God. Let's hand our fear and our anxiety over to Him. Let's look to the risen Jesus. He offers us deep and abiding peace. He offers us the fullness of joy right now. So as strange as it feels, as unusual and abnormal for us as it is to go through COVID, to go through a global pandemic in the middle of Holy Week, I believe it really is a God-ordained opportunity for you and me to go to Him, to go to our Lord, as the children that we are. You and I, like children, have no real control over our lives, over our circumstances, over our future. Those things belong to God. But the good news is we are securely in His strong hands, and He is a good Father. When Jesus first appeared to the disciples on that first Easter morning, He said, peace be with you. May that peace be with you, friends, and me today and forevermore. Jesus gives it. Will we receive it? Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. He is risen.